Welcome to The Realist Uncensored, where we're bringing you real fucking issues with real fucking opinions. I'm Checkers, and over there, as always, is MJ. What's going on, everybody? Listening on your favorite podcast directory and Rumble. Okay, all right. Because we don't do YouTube anymore. Okay. So today's Friday. Um, Don't know when you're listening to this, but you made it through another week in this fucked up country right now. It's not fucked up because anything else but the government and the, and the losers we have in there. Yeah. Yep. So with that being said, this is going to be a realist weekly wrap up. Um, uh, beginning week, I gave MJ the challenge of finding majority of these articles. So if you don't like them, fucking email him about it. <laughs> exactly. I took, I took a little break. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, with that being said, we're not going to get into too much jibber-jabber. We're going to get right into this because he, he did a good job. He did a good job. Found, found some stuff. Yeah, wasn't bad. It wasn't too bad. Didn't find as many as you. He, he was able to figure it out. I don't have, I don't have those kind of connections, I guess. Well, you know, <laughs> it doesn't happen overnight. True. So, my first one is from the Epic Times. Children for sale, unaccompanied minors, sent to traffickers, not family members. On a recent episode of American Thought Leaders, host John Jackalick talked with Health and Human Services whistleblower Tara Rodas, a federal employee for two decades, including 17 years. In the, I don't know why I did that. Anyways, just continue on. Um, oh, in the Inspector General community. She answered a call from the Biden administration to help with the border crisis and a surge in unaccompanied minors. Mr. Jack, uh, Jekilek, how do you uh, discover what you call government-sponsored taxpayer-funded child trafficking? Tower Rhodes, at the beginning of 2001, the Biden administration made a call to federal employees to help with the crisis at the border. Specifically, they needed employees vetted to work with children to help place them with sponsors here in the United States. And that's what I did with my husband being uh, my husband being from El Salvador and being a Spanish speaker. I thought I would be that welcoming face for the children when they came in. I had no idea the children didn't know who they were going to. Mr. Jekyll, one statistic states that 85,000 children are unaccounted for. When did you first realize something was amiss? Miss Rodas. It only took a couple of weeks working in the case management, looking at the case and seeing the children crying. The case manager managers were distressed and saying, I don't understand. This child doesn't know the person they're going to. One case manager had to be hospitalized for stress because she felt so strong that her child was being trafficked. That's when we started looking into the contact case manager's work. I wanted to see IDs and match them with uh, to his paperwork of where we're sending the child. That's when I realized something was wrong. How could this be family re- uh, reunification if the children don't know who they are going to? The children are safe with us. Then within 10 to 14 days, we're sending them to unvetted people in homes. It doesn't make sense. Here's an example from one of the cases. We sent a 15-year-old girl to her 20-something-year-old brother. Later, we find out that the documents he sent were birth certificates for a brother and a sister, just not for the two of them. He posts a photo of himself and his supposed sister all snuggled up together. Then he posts another where she's by herself, all made up with her shirt unbuttoned. It's clear she's for sale. Mr. Jekyllick. No, so no one is actually checking who sponsors, uh, 
who the sponsors are. Ms. Rodas, as I said in the congressional hearing, it was baffling to, he- to me that no one is holding this uh, sponsor accountable. The challenge for HHS is that over 95% of the sponsors have no legal presence here, meaning they're not permanent residents and are here under false pretenses. We're incentivizing the traffickers. Yeah, incentivizing the traffickers because we're delivering the child directly to their front door. The government is paying for this, for the flights and bus tickets to deliver the children to people who view them as commodities. And they're making millions of dollars off of them. And uh, this goes on for, for a little for a little bit, if you want, you can check it out at the Epic Times. Uh, children for sale on a company minor sent to traffickers, not family members. And this just shows how stupid and inadequate the people in the government and, and below are, are with these people. <coughs> these are, I understand that these aren't American citizens, you know, the kids, but they're still kids. They're innocent kids. And our government is giving them away to these unvetted basic traffickers and who's to say that they it's not all no done on purpose that the government's in on it yeah so but that'll do it for that article okay my next one's from the epic times everybody's uh potential future uh democratic uh runner for president well one of them uh Newsom regrets pushing harsh COVID lockdowns would have done everything different, differently. Oh, really? California Governor Gavin Newsom uh, said he regrets the harsh COVID-19 restrictions that he once pushed in his state, uh, in stating he, um, insisting he and other officials uh, would have been would have taken a different approach in hindsight while seeking to downplay his uh, personal role in imposing the restrictions. Mr. Newsom, who during the pandemic imposed stricter and longer restrictions in many other states, made the remarks in a wide-range interview on NBC's Meet the Press on September 10th, in which he reflected on California's tough COVID-19 policies. I think we would have done everything differently, said Mr. Newsom who was the first governor uh, in the country to impose a stay-at-home, uh, stay-at-home order and last, the last one to reopen schools. In the interview, uh, Mr. Newsom expressed uh, regret over the harsh lockdown policies and strict criticism is uh, legitimate. In hindsight, though, he repeatedly insisted that he was merely acting on the um, basis of the current state in, of knowledge about COVID-19 at the time. Uh, Mr. Newsom, in hindsight, rang hollow to some of the social media uh, on uh, on social media who were quick to point out that there were various studies published at the time suggesting California's tough pandemic policies were too heavy handed, while many experts said much of the same thing. Totally fake apology and under no circumstances should he be forgiven for what he did. Dr. Um, Hamon David Hamidity, uh, who wrote in a post on X that hindsight wasn't necessary at the time, as many experts said repeatedly, though in many cases they were slammed or silenced for doing so. Uh, For example, closing schools and masking healthy children was wrong or shutting down businesses was deeply misguided. So this one goes on about how... um, the Patrick Bateman uh, lookalike. 
uh, you know, the wannabe American psycho star, um, is going on and he's trying to, he's trying to backpedal everything he said, because I think they are getting ready to, um, uh, prop him up as their runner against, um, Donald Trump. If, uh, they can't get Trump indicted because they don't want Biden there anymore. No, that's why, that's why, uh, the Democrats are, um, you know, they're the ones pushing all, all this shit out, you know, about the whole Hunter Biden and, uh, you know, the big guy, you know, getting the money because they want him to be fucking indicted and pulled, pulled off the card so they can either get him or big Mike, um, on the card. So, uh, that's what I see with this. He, he's not sorry for it. He's just trying to, you know, get ahead of this, say, Oh yeah, you know, I dealt with it wrong. You know, we should have dealt with it, um, a lot differently. Um, and you know, just being that uh, typical politician. Okay. But I got one more that goes with that. This is from the Epic times as well. So he, he, he thinks, he thinks he, uh, he was a little too strict, right? Mm. Okay. Well, this is funny. COVID cancellations are back. California high schools cancel football games. (laughs) Are you serious? Yeah, that's, that's insane. Two California high schools have confirmed that they canceled football games because COVID-19 cases among students. Now, granted, yeah, this is probably due to the school board and all that, but where do you think they got the bright idea from? Because in the past, this is what they dealt, how they dealt with it because of their governor. Right. So now they think, oh, there's a little bit of a spike. We can't do anything. So Esperado High School near Sacramento confirmed that it canceled a game after it stated that six players tested positive for COVID-19. It also stated that multiple players were also injured and that it didn't have enough players for the game. Damn. Man. (laughs) This comes as there have been concerns that virus-related rules might be re-implemented in the coming months. Ensuring the well-being of the students is not only a moral obligation, but also a legal and ethical responsibility. District Superintendent Christina uh, Goiner told affiliate station Fox 40. Dr. Amy Sisson, the Yolo County Health Office, (laughs) told the outlet that she supports the move. Our role in the health department is to support our schools in being able to stay open for that in-person instruction, she said. We provide uh, support, certain tips on what to do when there are cases provided, testing resources. But really, our goal for the year is to keep kids in school in person, but also do it safely. So, I I don't know. It's kind of... It's it's kind of funny, but a hundred miles away, a high school in North uh, Los Angeles also confirmed local media outlets that it canceled a football game against rival school um, after multiple COVID cases were confirmed among its players. So, not nothing's changing in California, and you just got um, Gavin Newsom just getting ready for his uh, presidential run. Right. He was probably hoping it was going to be against DeSantis, but DeSantis is a fucking train wreck yeah that's not happening yeah he's all tied up on the on the rail on the rail railway and trump trains coming down (laughs) 
Exactly. So I'll bring it into my next one from MSN. Regardless of immigration status, people in Minnesota can begin applying for driver's licenses. Fucking ridiculous. People in, uh, living in Minnesota without legal immigration status can now begin the process of getting their driver's license by making an appointment for their written driver's test, state officials announced at a conference Thursday. Around 81,000 people are expected to be eligible under the new state law, dubbed Driver's License for All. They can, they now, they can now make appointments to apply, but won't be, at, won't be able to actually get a license until the law goes into effect October 1st. Oh, no, a couple weeks. Oh, no. <laughs> That's fucking so stupid. We're incredibly proud to be a part of this handful of states that offer driver's licenses for all, said Pong Zhong. Driver and Vehicle Services Director at the Minnesota Department of Public Safety at the news conference. And the first step is getting a driver's license is to pass the written test. They should not be able to get their driver's license if you're not a citizen of this country. Because you can't do it at other countries. You can't just fly wherever and be like, yeah, I want a fucking driver's license. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. The new law re- removes the requirements for applicants to show legal presence. So Minnesota. So that's, so that's fucked up. So anybody that's actually fucking living here, working here, legally here, can't get their license unless they show legal fucking presence. But they don't have to do it because they walked across an imaginary line, get forked over twenty two hundred fucking dollars a month, and they're just like, yeah, here, here's a fucking license too. What's the next? Here's a fucking house with twenty five acres. You can bring all your fucking family. Fucking retarded. When asked about. Any risk for de- deportation applicants may face, pa- uh, Peterson said the department will not submit the names or personal information of applicants to any immigration law enforcement. Really? That's fucked up. That's got to be a breach of something because I think they have an obligation to put that over there. Democratic Minnesota Governor Tim Wall signed the measure into law this year. It reverses a 2003 change by then-Governor Tim Pawlenty a Republican barring people without legal status from getting licenses, citing the uh, security concerns after September 11th, 2001 terrorist attacks. Exactly. Supporters of Minnesota's new law say it will improve public safety by ensuring that all drivers are licensed and insured and have taken driver's education courses. Backers included law enforcement, faith, business, and immigrant rights groups. But this is what I don't understand is why the hell is... Why the hell are they letting them get driver's license? They want everybody to take public transportation, buses, cabs, all that shit, right? Right. Well, what the fuck? Don't give them a fucking license. That forces them to public transit. Anyways, I'm fucking done with that article. Okay, my next one is from the Gateway Pundit. Beef company CEO stands up to Big Pharma. I'll shut down... The company, before we send a single bag with mRNA-injected meat, or as MJ calls it, Myrna. Yep, Myrna. Because <laughs> <laughs> when they come up with shit like that and name shit like that, that's, that's you know, bullshit and killing people and all that, I'm not going to give it the fucking, the right words or, or pronunciation. I'm going to say it how I want. Okay, so this article is in all caps. This is how serious it is. <laughs> No way. I don't know. It's pretty bold. bold. This isn't how they usually do their articles, but okay. Wow. Unless you wrote to them and said, hey, can you, can you make the font size a little bit? How the fuck do you figure that out? Uh, okay. 
Quickly but quietly, Big Pharma and various state governments are working to inject beef and dairy cattle with mRNA vaccines. The practice has been happening with pork since 2018, and beef is the next agenda. Yeah, we've been reporting on that. Jason Nelson, CEO of Whole Cows, has been watching the developments closely. Whole cows. (laughs) Whole. Oh. (laughs) Okay. Jesus Christ. Guy's got got a business he's sticking up for you, and you're fucking laughing about his business name. That's funny. He's trying to keep your beef clean, and you're fucking laughing about his business name. My beef is always clean. I don't need him to do it for me. (laughs) his his texas company oh man you're 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 in trouble Uh (laughs) texas company his texas company which specializes in shelf stable uh freeze-dried meat for long-term storage has vowed to never allow gene therapy uh cattle to enter the food supply through their products plus gateway pundit um benefits when oh that's just a fucking ad from them stupid asses um i'll shut down the company before we ship a single bag of mrna injected meat he said that's why we're growing as quickly as possible so we can uh achieve the buying power to produce large amounts we're relatively small now but we want to have a surplus of tens of thousands of bags of beef by 2024 the pushes for both transparency and the halt to push uh, for mRNA jabbed beef have hit roadblocks recently. In Missouri, a bill that would have forced labeling of beef injected by mRNA vaccines have has was stalled in the committee. Unfortunately, cattle and rancher associations across the nation have ignored concerns from both consumers and producers. Currently, uh, most state ranch associations are either silent on the issue or favor or in favor for achieving big farmers agenda. Uh, our goal at whole cows is to give uh, people healthy, natural, delicious proteins. They can eat today or store for decades. Nelson continued. We can't fulfill that promise if the beef has been tainted. So we're uh, talk, taking every necessary step to keep the jabs away from our cattle. So Dr. Joseph, uh, Mercala, who, uh, who has been a heavy proponent of natural foods ha- his entire career, has been raising the alarm about risks of the, um, risks of the threat to our food supply in America. Nelson uh, concurs, which is why the company currently only works with local Texas ranchers. The plan is to expand to Utah and Idaho where cattle is more likely to be protected for um, longer than even in Texas. When the industry starts adopting mRNA jabs for cattle, it's going to happen quickly and people won't be warned, he said. We're keeping the finger on the pulse and remaining nimble so we can jump to a safe haven state when necessary. Texas is is safe today, but there are risks everywhere. Whole cows offers um, freeze-dried Dry, uh, beef cubes from the whole cow. They sell ribeye cubes, uh, New York straight, New York strip cubes, <laughs> tenderloin cubes, and premium beef cubes. There's a lot of cubes. So, 
to the Gateway Pundit readers or our listeners now, you can take advantage of a 15% off off uh, at your checkout by using the promo code TGP15 at Whole Cows. If you're interested in some freeze-dried meat. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Might have to <laughs> make, MJ's visit MJ's. over there right now. <laughs> Oh, shit, that's funny. Ah, roll it into my next one. From MSN, Republicans' uh, plan would make 52 members of Congress ineligible to serve. And I think I pulled this because I I like where they're going with it, but you'll see it. They They need to go down about 10 years. A Republican congressman wants an age limit for politicians that would apply to presidents, vice presidents, and all members of Congress. Michigan Representative John James has introduced legislation that would amend the Constitution and prevent someone from running for office if at any time during their term the person will be 75 years of age or older. And like I said, 75 75 years, I think that's way too old. I mean, Biden's, what, 78 or something like that? And look look at the condition he's in. So, I mean, you know, you do have, you know, someone like Trump that's around the same age. He's a lot more mentally aware. But I do think... It should be a cap as of 65. Uh, the resolution comes amid a wave of scrutiny on both sides of the aisle, of course, because you're threatening their, their money of some lawmakers and their ages. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, who is 81 years old, has been a senator since 1985. Jesus Christ, I think that's longer than you've been alive. <laughs> Who, me? Yeah, you. Yeah, that, that is longer than I've been. <laughs> That's fucked. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's fucked. Um, and has had two speech-freezing episodes. I mean, look at it. They, they get a picture of him here, and his fucking skin is just, like, draping off of his fucking face. He needs to just go in the home and rest out the rest of his days. Um, Democrat Dianne Feinstein. Feinstein, Feinstein. Who the fuck cares? 90 years old, who was elected in 1992, has also been a focus of concern about her health and has faced calls to step aside. At 80, President Joe, oh, he's 80. At President Joe Biden is already the oldest sitting president. He'll be 82 if he takes office. No, he won't. After winning a second term in 2024 and 86 when that term ends. In polling, Democrats have expressed worried about his uh, worries about his age and cite it as a top concern. And this goes on, but it's kind of repeating itself. But I like the fact that, you know, they're, they're starting to think about term limits and um, age limits. Well, not term limits, age limits. But they need to act. They need to go down to 65. They need to go do term limits. And so that way they can have these career politicians in there. And you actually get some shit done because people are actually there to do their job instead of their side businesses. That'll do it. Okay, my next one's uh, from Fox News. We're going to get into World War III, the war that's not going on. Uh, got, got three quick ones. Um, China's military targets American troops, veterans for uh, exploitation campaign, General says. China is targeting current and former U.S. service members as part of an exploitation campaign to fill gaps in its military capabilities, a top U.S. general says. 
Don't don't we have like isn't what's he the only general left? I don't think we have. I think there's only I think there's only one branch that has or general because the Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the the um yeah. Because nobody gives a fuck anymore. In the Navy, it's not a general, it's uh Yeah, whatever. But uh, the Navy doesn't have their person, the Marines doesn't, and the army yeah, so the complex effort was detailed in Air, For- uh, Air Force memo authored by General Charles Q. Brown Jr. Yeah, so it's the Air Force. And distributed on Friday. An Air Force official confirmed to Fox News the Chinese military is pushing international firms to do business with the PRC to target and recruit U.S. and NATO-trained military talent across specialties and career fields. By essentially training... The trainer and many of those who accept con- uh, contracts with these foreign companies are enduring our na- uh, national security, putting a very uh, our very safety and their fellow service members in the country at risk, Brown wrote in a memo, which was first reported by the Washington Post. He encouraged service members to safeguard our national defense information even after they leave the armed forces. A special agent with the, US, with the U.S. Air Force uh, Office of Special Investigation told the Washington Post that China has attempted to exploit Americans through job offers that can appear um, uh, pr- pretty nicely. Uh, U.S. pilots and other veterans uh, with a wealth of expertise may be approached directly by defense industry events and offered roles with where their expertise is needed the official cited former aerospace ground equipment maintainers and landing uh, signal officers as examples jobs which require specialized knowledge to handle equipment and guide pilots and their aircraft to safety it reported so this one's going to go on a little so if you want to read that read this this is from fox news this is how china is trying to go after um, the U.S. military men and women who are not um, in the military anymore and offer them contracts to train the Chinese military. So if any of you are doing that, that's considered treason in my eyes. Yep. Yep. You are a piece of shit. Exactly. Okay. The next one is from OAN. Putin and the little guy to meet in Russia as defiant message to the West. Actually, oh, Putin is a small guy in this photo. Is he, is he next to him? Yeah. He's, I think he's a little shorter than the little guy. What? Yeah. I'm going to see this. Whatever. And, and, oh, and, and it looks like the little guy eats a lot better. Oh, a lot <laughs> he eats a lot better <laughs> North Korean leader Kim Jong-un will visit Russia for an official state visit both countries announced on Monday according to the report of ABC News Kim is expected to meet with Putin in the next few days North Korea's official news agency said that Kim boarded his personal train from the capital uh, on Sunday he will be joining um unspecified members of the country's party and government and military experts believe that the train will take two days to arrive in a Russian city. Um, 
which is on the edge of the North Korean border. The Kremlin also began a two-day trip to the same location on Monday for an economic forum event, according to Russia's TASS, uh, or TASS, news agency. Um, Rebecca Koffler, uh, that's probably wrong, but a strategic military intelligence analyst and former senior, senior official at the Defense Intelligence Agency expressed that they that the close ties between Russia and North Korea will have huge strategic implications for U.S. security. According to Putin's spokesperson, Dmitry Peskov, the Kremlin and Kim will be leading their delegations in talks and could possibly meet one-on-one if necessary. Peskov also said that Putin will host an official dinner for the North Korean leader. So... The pedophile Biden administration commented on the potential meeting, um, stating that it would be a huge mistake for North Korea to supply Russia with weapons to use in the ongoing war. The administration added that (laughs) they would pay the price if the deal is uh, transpired. Oh, wow. Oh, oh. What are you doing? You stupid pedophile, you waving around your ice cream cone while you're saying that? (laughs) According to experts, North Korea has millions of artillery shells and rockets based on Russian design, which will help give the Russian army the advantage and the upper hand. Kim, in exchange, will seek energy, food aid, and advanced weapons technologies, which is related to the intercontinental ballistic missiles, uh, experts say. Analysts also claim with possible Russian technology transfers, it could raise the threat level of North Korea by the increase of nuclear weapons and missiles, which are designed to attack the United States, South Korea, and Japan. So the little guy in Putin meeting, um, you know, if that doesn't tell you we're in World War Three, I don't know what will. But this one probably would. This oh, one real, right here. Real quick, I looked up how tall Putin is. Yeah. He's 5'6", 152 pounds. Oh. He's so the little, little guys, guy. yeah, the little guys, <laughs> they're both little guys. Um, So uh, the Daily Express US, this is this one. This is where this one is. I found this one uh, actually right as we were getting ready to start recording here. China sends 68 warplanes and 10 warships to surround Taiwan in a major threat to invade. Hmm. Mm. There's no wars going on except for the one in Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no conflicts. Nothing at all. No, there's no war on the American people with COVID vaccines and shit. Oh, yeah. The, the People's Republic of China, the PRC, flew 68 warplanes over Taiwan as 10 of its Navy vessels circled the island in one of the biggest displays of force so far this year, China's grandstanding comes only weeks after the United States sent equipment to the self-ruled island for the first time in history. Beijing um, has continued to claim Taiwan as in uh, as part of its territory ever since the island declared independence in 1949 during the civil war with the Chinese Communist Party. Relations have be, been tense since. The president Xi Jinping's uh, committing to bringing back Taipei back uh, under Chinese control have only exacerbated the division. 
Um, the deployment of 68 warplanes came less than 24 hours after the Taiwanese government reported another 35 Chinese aircraft have been spotted in its airspace. On Thursday, Taipei's defense, um, defense ministry reported several J-10 fighters have flown into the country's air defense identification zone. This year, the Chinese Communist Party has aggressively expanded its armaments and continue to build various types of fighter jets and drones, Major General Hong Wen-Chi said in a statement. Taiwan, Taiwan added that some of the warplanes had crossed um, the channel in which joined the Chinese carrier Shandong for military drills in the Pacific. Japan later added that the that its Navy had spotted the Shendong sailing approximately 400 miles from south of, uh, I'm not even going to attempt that island, along, alongside six ships, including destroyers and um, other warships. The U.S. has long maintained the neutral position of Taiwan following the one China position that recognizes the island as part of the mainland of China. Oh, so the pedophile Biden administration has thought its stance with pedophile Joe expressing his support for Taipei and the former Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, is visiting the island officially last year. Taiwan said it can continue to monitor the Chinese activities around the island and bolster its defense response. So this article goes on a little, and if you don't think we're in World War III, then I don't know. Fucking, There's no hope for you. Shove your head further up your ass. <laughs> That's funny. So my next one's from Fox News. New Mexico governor shocks with comment about Constitution after use, issuing temporary gun ban, not absolute. And then Elon Musk had to chime in. He goes, how soon can we get this, per- this person removed from office? Uh, New Mexico <laughs> New Mexico Governor Michelle Lewan Grisham's controversial comments in defense of a temporary gun ban prompted fierce backlash on social media. The Democrat issued an emergency public health order on Friday suspending the right to carry guns in public areas across Albuquerque and the surrounding Bernalillo, Bernalillo whatever it is, county for at least 30 days following the shooting deaths of three children in the area. Local law enforcement officials expressed concerns that the governor's order violated Second Amendment rights. The governor acknowledged the ban may face legal challenges and addressed these concerns during a press conference. After a reporter questioned whether Grisham was upholding her oath to the Constitution, she argued no constitutional rights were fixed, including her oath. Really? No. uh, Hey, and she's a lawyer. And did you know that she was asked by CNN that as a lawyer, do you think you're not breaking anything that the Constitution says? Right. She goes, no, co- no constitutional right, in my view, including my oath, is intended to be absolute. She re- retorted. So she's literally putting herself over everybody else in, in the oath that she, she takes and all that bullshit. Yeah, and then, and then CNN, of all people, like I said, fucking questioned her. Made her look like an ass on national television. Right. CNN. CNN of CNN. all people. Right. Not Fox News. 
Well, Fox News is a joke. Fox News is like it's, CNN it's now, anyways. It's not OAN or Newsmax or trending politics. Yeah, you know, real news. Yeah, not fake news. It, it, it's all fake news. But <laughs> uh, Grissom cited restrictions on free speech as an example of how rights can be curtailed in emergency situations. So what she is saying with this with this little little piece right here is that yes, these are your constitutional rights. These are the laws that we've put into, into place under those. And if we deem that the public is at, at risk for, for whatever, we can just up and take those rights away from you. Commenters from across X, formerly known as Twitter, ang- angrily responded to the governor's statement with some calling for her impeachment. Yes, she should be. A risk of stating what should be obvious deliberately viol- violating the Constitution is next level illegal. How soon can this person be removed from office? Elon asked. So that's his total, his whole uh, tweet. Can you even call it a tweet now? That now that it's X, like what? What the fuck do you call it? Actually, I don't even know. I don't know what you call it. Everybody's still calling it a tweet. So yeah, he tweet. he never came out and said anything about that. What do you just say? I just X'd. <laughs> I just X'd. Hey, did you see that X? <laughs> That can be taken a few different ways. The, 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 the governor of New Mexico is using a public health order to suspend a right guaranteed by the Constitution. Yes, a public health order. And the con- Second Amendment, it, there, there's, nothing, there's nothing that she could use the, to, to take that away for a public health order. How is that a risk to your health? I, the only thing that they could go off of is, is it's a risk to your safety in their warped, twisted mind, mm-hmm. but not, not a public health order. Uh, Ron DeSantis, press secretary, Jeremy Redfern set, reacted. Uh, do you think the left was going to stop at just forcing you to wear a mask? And that's what we've been saying all along. And they're, they keep drooling on and on about it. But they keep. <laughs> this is why we keep saying, spread the word. Share the show, share your thoughts, your feelings on all this shit, and we need to band together and fucking stand up against these fucking tyrants. That's going to do it for that article. All right, my next one is from Fox News. Okay? Yeah. I have a lot of regrets. Exclusive interview with top general who oversaw Afghanistan withdrawal. Sorry, I gotta gotta scroll down. Yeah, you know, you gotta filter through the ads and all that shit. In an exclusive interview with Fox News, Marine Corps General Frank McKenzie, the former head of U.S. Central Command, or CENTCOM, put the withdrawal from Afghanistan bluntly. I believe history is going to view the decision to come out of Afghanistan the way that we did, in the manner that we did, manner that we directed to come out as a fatal flaw, McKenzie said. Now retired, McKenzie was commander of U.S. Central Command, the combat, combatant, combatant command of the Middle East from March 2019 till April 2022. He oversaw the largest evacuation in U.S. history, evacuating an estimated 124,000 Afghans from the country before the Taliban would take over at, uh, take over at the August 31st, 2021 deadline. McKenzie revealed that 
He has many regrets, including the basic decision to evacuate. I have a lot of regrets about how it ended in Afghanistan. I have regret uh, regret with the basic decision, which I think was wrong decision. And I practically, particularly regret we did not choose to begin to evacuate our people, our embassy personnel, our American citizens, and our at-risk Afghans. At the time, we made the decision to bring in combat forces. I think that we... That was a serious mistake, and I think uh, that led to the events on August 2021 directly, McKenzie said. The count uh, down to August 31st was pure chaos. Parents tossing their babies over fences in hopes their children would have a better life as orphans than under Taliban rule. People clinging to the side of C-17s with nothing left to hold on to. Tens of thousands of men, women, and children all of all ages, waiting with whatever belongings they could carry on their backs to get into the gates of Cabal's then Hamad uh, Karzi Airport, known as HKI. So this one goes on a little, um, and it's just going to go on about how the general uh, regrets the decisions, and he wishes he probably could go back and um, deal with them a little better. You know, right. I, I think a lot of people uh, moving forward that were involved in these events probably think about that, that ones that were in the um, decision making um, areas of it. Right. So bring this into a new little uh, section of the show here from um, got a few listeners in, in Canada that asked us, you know, do some uh, Canadian articles. And oddly enough, they kind of fit into the U.S. Because shit happening here is happening globally. So it's not just, it's not just here. Yeah, and, we're, and, and, and they're our neighbors. So whatever whatever's yeah. usually happening up there is in some way happening down here or going to happen down here. Because um, they're, uh, what is it up there, a prime minister? Prime minister, yeah. Yeah. Trudeau. Trudeau, who looks like Castro. Um, is pretty good friends <laughs> with Biden. I wouldn't be surprised. He, he might have a crush on Biden. His, Maybe. His, his wife just divorced him. You know, when he was a kid, Biden probably had him in his, in his fucking place. Probably, and he developed <laughs> a really big uh, crush on him. And yeah. he's like... The first person to touch me. I know, and you're just leaving me here? <laughs> you, opened my, you opened up my world to so many new things. Right. And he's like, I, I got this 15-year-old Jill over here, you know... All right, right. Yep, yep. That's when it all went downhill. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah, yeah. And then he had to wait for Jill to become 18 so he could marry her. Yep. And Justin's just been heartbroken. He had, to put, he had to put on a front like he was a straight guy. Poor guy. Well, Biden messed them all up. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so this, uh, this article is coming from True North. Children face long-term effects from pandemic school closures. Children will face long-term negative consequences due to the prolonged school closures ordered by governments during the first three years of the COVID-19 pandemic, according to a study by the Fraser Institute. The study entitled The Forgotten Demographic, assessing the possible benefits and serious costs of COVID-19 school closures on Canadian children, found that uh, provincial governments 
could have avoided these effects if they had listened to the evidence that was available to them at the time when they, those decisions were first being made. There was information available but to policymakers early on showing school closures would do more harm than good, said P, uh, Paige McPherson, co-author of the study. However, McPherson said schools were closed up, to, up until 2022 anyway, and Canadian children will be paying for that for the rest of their lives. Ontario had the longest-running school shutdown of 27 weeks or 135 school days. During this time, children were out of the classroom and expected to continue learning virtually while at home. Nova Scotia closed its schools for 25 weeks, Alberta for 22 weeks, and Manitoba for 20 weeks. Provinces like Newfoundland and Labrador, PEI and New Brunswick were closed for slightly less time, all under 20 weeks, and Quebec and British Columbia were closed for the the least amount of time, for 11 and 10 weeks, respectively. The school's closures figured as are estimated based, uh, estimates based on government and media reports from the pandemic because there is no clear official picture from government as long as, uh, as to how long schools were closed and how many classroom days students missed, a fact that should give readers pause, the study said. Across Canada, no province offered a consistent method of education that students who would typically be in school, would receive during school closures. And shockingly, there is no detailed official national amount of the closures and learning loss of their other impacts. The school col- closures in, this, uh, in the Fraser Institute report are a conservative estimate because they do not have data on decisions made by school boards to close individual schools for intermittent periods of time during the, clo- the local COVID-19 outbreaks. And that's pretty much uh, the gist of that article. Uh, it's pretty sad. You know, we, we, like we've said before that we, we've seen that in the, in the U.S. And I'm sure it's happening, you know, across the globe with. Yeah, but in the U.S., they're not, they're not admitting that all that COVID lockdown shit and kids not going to school is slowed down there. Oh, no, they don't want to admit that. No, yeah. because they want to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty sad that, you know. It, it that what they're trying to do is dumb the next generation so they can't stand up to the government so they don't know their rights and they don't have any exactly. any drive or anything exactly. like that exactly so my next one from true north conservatives pass anti-gender ideology resolutions conservative party of canada convention delegates voted in favor of two resolutions making game at gender ideology the first resolution resolution c7 sought party support for a ban on life-altering and irreversible gender transitions for children and teenagers while encouraging positive mental and physical health support for all Canadians suffering from gender dysphoria and related health, mental health challenges. We need to stand up for kids, an Alberta delegate speaking in favor of the motion said. The resolution passed with 69% of delegates voting in favor while 31 voted against it. 31% of the fucking idiots. It should be fucking hundred percent. It should be, but it, but it, but it, it, that's what, that's what I was trying to say in the beginning. It's like everything that happens here or there is like mimicked off the other one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the second resolution C 15 added, uh, to the party's policy declaration, the assertion that women are entitled to the safety, dignity, and privacy of single sex spaces, i.e. prisons, shelters, locker rooms, washrooms, and the benefits of women-only categories, sports, awards, grants, and scholarships. The resolution also enshrines in uh, party policy the definition of a woman 
as a female person. Look, they actually defined a woman. We can't fucking do that here. <laughs> uh, C15 passed with 87% uh, support and just three, uh, 13% opposed. Members rose to their feet and loudly cheered at the passage of both motions. The latter resolution was introduced by former Athletics Alberta President Linda Blade. Women in Canada need our help, Blade said. Please let the Conservative Party be the one that stands for women and girls. Yeah, exactly. Vote yes to protect your daughters, wives, and nieces, said a 15-year-old delegate who spoke about the importance of female-only spaces for women and girls to be and feel safe. The resolution came amid a rise in transgenderism among children and promotion of gender ideology in schools. A recent study from the UCLA School of Law, Williams Institute, estimates that the number of transgender youth in the United States has doubled in the last five years as gender ideology is increasingly being pushed down to children by school teachers and social media influencers. And it goes on basically for, it goes on for a little while. Um, basically about everything that we've been saying here is happening there as far as, you know, the indoctrination of the kids. Um, and it's pretty sad and it's really good. And I love that, you know, they're standing up for them up there and they're passing these resolutions to protect the kids. Not like the fuck-ups down here. Yeah, no, no, not not like the fuck-ups down here. That's for damn sure. But uh, so, so if you live up in Canada or you're up north, keep up that fight. Exactly. Protect, protect your children. Exactly. Or you're going to end up like fucking down here. Yeah. Where you got a bunch of Karens running around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you can't tell your child what, what, what sex they are or what gender they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the fuck I can. Yeah, fuck Wa- I can. Watch me. Watch me. <laughs> That'll do it for that. Okay, my next one's from OAN. Meta's, Meta's Threads platform blocks potential sensitive keywords from searches. I know we're on there, but does anybody actually use that fucking shit? Probably not. Threads, the new text-based social media platform uh, created by Meta, formerly known as Facebook, has blocked keywords with potentially sensitive topics, including uh, those related to COVID-19 vaccines. So here goes the censorship again, because, you know, they're getting ready to roll out all that COVID shit. On Monday, uh, the Washington Post reported that Meta rolled out its revamped search engine only for users to see a blank screen and pop up linking that uh, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC website, when it searches terms such as coronavirus or COVID and other pandemic-related keywords. The company confirmed it's blocking searches in the statement calling it a temporary measure. No, the fuck you're not. Additional to those words are sex, nude, gore, porn, coronavirus, vaccines, and vaccination. So now coronavirus, vaccine, and vaccination is considered... Like pornography, it looks like. Wow, wow. Um, well, if I'm 21 plus, like, or 18 plus, or whatever it is, I can, I can view it. I guess so. <laughs> you're gonna see, you're gonna see coronavirus news on like, on the porn porn sites. <laughs> um, ha, uh, have been blocked on the social media platform search engine, according to the post. Public uh, health professionals, including World Health uh, Network outreach director Julia Double Bay. 
uh, have criticized Meta's decision that prohibited COVID-related searches. They believe that social media is crucial for patients who are searching for more information about the recent virus diagnosis. Meta officially launched threads in early July and quickly collected 100 million signups in the first week. However, users recognize the platform's lack of many features that made X, formerly known as Twitter, successful with users. Additionally, the rapid development and release of threads, which only took five months to build, uh, may have contributed to these initial um, uh, problems. Uh, or discrepancies. Despite uh, being a work in progress, the app was created in response to Musk's takeover of X, formerly known as Twitter. So all that's going on is fucking, you know, because Zuckerberg's uh, all over the, you know, trying to be accepted by people. But, you know, the, he has the government telling him what the fuck to do every every minute of his life. Um yeah, he's in the government's pocket. That's why. Yeah, but if you want it, he he looks like a guy that wants to be accepted by everybody. If you would, and you just cut the shit and fucking air it all out, then everybody'd be like, "Wow." Yeah, take a look at Elon Musk. Yeah, not that he's perfect. Yeah, because I question why he fucking hired that lady. But yeah, whatever. yeah, but I mean, he he's he's doing some good things, but like you said, so um, here comes the cancellation of the covid shit because they're getting ready to roll it out but yep. they're already getting their early responses and they're they're trying to pull back on it now and be like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> all right so bringing into my next one here from fox news governor glenn youngkin pardons loudon county dad who protested school board after daughter's sexual assault Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin has pardoned the Loudoun County father who protested against the sexual assault of his daughter and, a, and her public school's attempt to cover up the incident his office announced Sunday. No big surprise there because they're all fucking pedophiles anyways. Youngkin made the announcement on Fox News Sunday with host Shannon Bream saying that he had signed the pardon on Friday. The pardon is for Scott Smith, who was convicted of disorderly conduct in 2020, uh, August 2021 after he erupted at school board members over their their handling of an investigation into his daughter's attack. I spoke with Mr. Smith on Friday, and I had the privilege of telling Mr. Smith that I have pardoned him, and he will be in, and we, we did that on Friday. Young, uh, Youngkin said, we righted a wrong. He should have never been prosecuted here. This is a dad standing up for his daughter, and that's exactly what fucking happens nowadays. You stand up for your daughter. You stand up for your wife, your girlfriend, whatever. And you get fucking... Well, well, you stand up for your kids. Well, yeah, you get... St- you can stand up for your, your, your boys, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you go and stand... You Basically, all right, you stand up for anybody, and, and you're in the right. You're not doing really anything wrong. You might be reacting to something they're doing, and you, you get the fucking book thrown at you. That, you know, fucking shit's gone, gone completely upside down. His daughter had been sexually assaulted in the bathroom of school and no one was doing doing anything about it. He continued adding that the school superintendent has covered it up. Smith's daughter was sexually assaulted in a restroom at Stonebridge High School by a biological male said to have been wearing a skirt. Really? That's what we've been fucking saying, that they're going to do shit like this. And that's a fucking kid doing it. Think, think it's not happening with adults? Uh, Mr. Smith did what any father would do what any parent would do, which is stand up for their child. Youngkin said, this was gross. This was a gross miscarriage of justice. Exactly. 
The governor went on to emphasize the importance of ensuring that parents have the final say over their children's education. Absolutely. Youngkin's administration is currently cracking down on Virginia public schools that, re- that refuse to adequately enforce requirements that parents be informed if their child expresses any gender confusion at school. And they should be. And that's the end of the article. But, um, yeah, good, good for him, Mr. Smith, for standing up for his kid um, and for the governor for, for pardoning him. I mean, he should never have been put. Yeah, in, and, the, and the piece of shit fucking superintendent and school board should be worrying about keeping, keeping people's uh, kids safe in school, but they're not. They're too busy worried about fucking pushing this trans shit. So this is why I say put your kid in a private school or homeschooling yourself because the teachers, the principals, the superintendents, they're not there to fucking teach your kids anything anymore. They're there to push this fucking trans shit that the fucking government wants pushed down. Right. Because they want all this confusion in, in the world on what, what, what's a man and what's a woman. And if they can convince you that there's no such thing as a man and a woman, you can be whatever you want. Then what do you think they, they pretty much can convince you of anything? Yeah. Okay, before we, because we're getting close on time here, I'll get into a couple of these COVID ones. Uh, this one's from Epic Health from the Epic Times. How cancer deaths from the COVID jabs are being hidden. Wow. The fact that tumor size sizes uh, have become dramatically larger since 2021, patients are younger and, um, and, and are increasing. Uh, hold on. Patients are getting younger, and the reoccurrence uh, in um, metastasis are increasing should be front-page news, but you're hearing nothing about it. So, the fact the tumor sizes have become dramatically larger, um, why, why is that happening? The former intelligence officer and strategic uh, uh, strategist believes he knows why. In a series of Twitter posts, an ethical skeptic self-described as a former intelligence officer, the strategist and strategist has laid out a series of charts illustrating how cancer deaths are being mislabeled as COVID deaths. The suspicion is that it is an effort to hide the fact that COVID shots have resulted in soaring cancer rates. Um, the ethical skeptic also takes a deep dive into data in Houston. We have a problem part one as as noted in in his article seven out of 11 international classification diseases icd codes tracked by the u.s national center of health statistics including cancer saw sharp upticks starting the first week of april 2021 the data of the inception is uh no coincidence in that it has also happens to be uh coincided with the key uh, inflection point regarding the specific body system intervention in most of the U.S. population. The ethical skeptical, the ethical skeptic notes. In other words, uh, April 2021 was the large swaths of the American population getting the first COVID jabs. So, I recommend you go and find this one. It goes on. It's got charts. It's got statistics. It's got a lot of information that. As Americans, you should be seeing if you have taken the COVID vaccine and if you, um, you know. Yeah, you should be doing your own research. You should, you know, 
Well, it's I'm, not, it's, it, it's not only that, like if you, if you're, if you're, uh, cause they're going to start pushing this shit again. Yeah. So, and these articles might not be up anymore because they want the shit pushed. So this is at the Epic times, uh, their health section, how cancer deaths from COVID jabs are being hidden. So then we're going to bring it over to another one from the Epic times government gave millions, uh, millions to American college college of, uh, gynecologists to promote COVID-19 vaccines to pregnant women. The premier professional membership and organization of gynecologists accepted with 11.8 million uh, from the Department of Health and Human Services to promote COVID-19 vaccines to pregnant women, despite the exclusion of pregnant women from the clinical trials and regulatory data showing the vaccine had not been tested or safe during a pregnancy. So these pieces of shit ruining women's lives and their pregnancy and, you know, their babies. To learn more about the COVID-19 funding uh, received by the American College of um, Gynecologists uh, during the pandemic and what promoted the organization's guidance on COVID-19 vaccines for pregnant women, Maggie Thorpe JD told the uh, Epic Times she made a Freedom of Information Act request in 2022 to the HHS. The request sought to obtain documents involving the three grants made made to them during the pandemic, on which was for 11.8 billion listed in publicly accessible open data source for federal spending. The documents obtained by Ms. Thorpe showed that the ACOG. Um, where, where most, the, which is the gynecologist, um, group, um, on February 1st, 2021 was awarded the first of three, um, cooperative agreement grants by HH, um, HHS and the CDC. The receipt of the COVID-19 grant money was, uh, upon the AOCG yielding substantial, control over projects funded by the CDC to the agency of the AOGs, full compliance with the CDC guidance of COVID-19 infection control. So this one's going to go on a little and explain more about how doctors, because that's what gynecologists are, were getting paid to force the COVID-19 vaccine on people. Why was that happening? For them to make money. And for the government to depopulate. Exactly. So we'll get into this third one from the Epic Times. Man, they just got everything. Yeah, they do. A deeper dive into the role of spike protein myocarditis and blood clotting after COVID-19 vaccine. Now, now we turn to another problem. The cargo contained in the LNP capsules, the mRNA, and its encoded spike protein, we introduced the inflammatory response to the spike protein and one of its um, proteins and how they may contribute to serious adverse events such as myocarditis and blood clotting. So this one is going to explain a little more about how this is happening. We've done plenty of articles and you've heard our opinions on the COVID-19 vaccine leading to this. And there is proof of this because you have number numbers and numbers of famous and just regular athletes dying at such young ages. We're talking about from 
junior high all the way up to the professionals. So, and why is that? Probably because they were fully vaxxed because they're having, um, you know, all these heart problems or respiratory problems. It's like, no. Yeah. Writing's on the wall, people. So you can go check this one out, Epic Health. And, um, you know, more need, more needs to get, I don't know how much more needs to be put out there for you guys or people to understand that these fucking, um, vaccines are going to end up ruining your life in the long run, because I know damn well, I don't have to wake up and be like, man, just through the day, I'm going to have a fucking heart attack. I don't right. have, I don't have to fucking put up with that at all. Thank you, fellas. Of course, sir. <laughs> so with that, you know, we're jumping on the Trump train and it's only a three car train this year, th- this week. So uh, it'll be quick. But the first one that actually just popped up while we were doing this, uh, this episode was Judge Sir uh, Severs Trump's Georgia case and 16 others from trial starting in October. The judge overseeing the Georgia election interference case has served the case ordering has severed the case in ordering that 17 defendants, including Donald Trump, will not be tried alongside speedy trial defendants Kenneth Chesabro and Sidney Powell on October 23rd, which I think is a fucking great thing because that means that bitch fucking Miss Willis over there doesn't isn't getting her fucking ways. Um, so I think that's fucking great. Judge, uh, Judge Scott McAfee said severing the remaining 17 defendants was a good, was a procedural and logistical in, in avail- uh inevitability, whatever the fuck it is. (laughs) And did not rule out the possibility that additional divisions may be required later. Yeah, it's too fucking big to be just like lumping everybody in and being like, yep, fucking prosecute them. Um, So that one goes on. Like I said, that's on MSN. Um, Go over there and check it out. Rolling into my next one from CNN. Oh, (laughs) Trump faces another 14th Amendment candidacy challenge, this time in Minnesota. <laughs> Fucking Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, there's a lot of shit going on over there. Where we uh, drive down the road. Yeah, down the road a piece. Down over there. Eh? Eh? In Minnesota. <laughs> a liberal group filed a lawsuit Tuesday to block former President Donald Trump from the 2024 presidential ballot in Minnesota. The second major lawsuit in two weeks that hopes to invoke the 14th Amendment uh, Amendment's arcane insurrectionist ban. And they have no fucking proof of that, that, that he, he was an insurrectionist. He didn't, he didn't provoke anybody to do it. Like, he just fucking told people, go there and protest. That's it. You can't, you can't fucking lock somebody up for that. And it's fucking stupid. The case has been seen as, illegal, as legal long shots. There you go. Trump denies wrongdoing and has vowed to remain uh, the, on the presidential ballot. The new Minnesota lawsuit was filed in the state by... Uh, in state court by free speech for people one week after another group initiated a similar challenge in a Colorado. And this is what you have to, you have to ask yourself, why is there so much far left bullshit going on against Trump? They're trying their fucking damnedest to not have him on the ballot because they know for a fact that he's going to get voted in. If he's on that ballot, he's going to get voted in and he's going to fucking write this ship of a country that we have here. But 
That one goes you, on. You think he's going to write the ship? I do. That one goes on, and I'm not a Trumpster. I just I saw what he did in his first uh, his first yeah, term. Things are a lot more fucked up than uh, his first term. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny that you say that because from my next one is uh, from CNN Politics. Trump is explaining exactly how wild and extreme his second term would be. Donald Trump is conjuring his most foreboding vision yet of a possible second term, telling supporters in language resonant to the run-up uh, of the run-up to the January 6th mob attack on, on the U.S. Capitol. <laughs> they call it a U.S. mob attack. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, it's CNN. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's funny. Attack on the U.S. Capitol that had, uh, they need to fight like hell or they will lose their country. It's fucking true. The radical uh, escalation from the four-time indicted ex-president came, <laughs> ex-president, they don't refer to anybody else as ex-president, came at a rally in South Dakota on Friday night where he accused his possible 2024 opponent, President Joe Biden, of ordering his indictment on 91 charges across four criminal cases as a form of election interference. I don't think there's ever been a darkness around our nation like there is now, Trump said. In a dystopian speech in which he accused Democrats of allowing an invasion of migrants over the southern border and of trying or uh, to restart COVID hysteria. Um, this is a big movement in our country because we're going to either go one way or the other. And if we go the other, we're not going to have a country left, he told supporters in South Dakota. We will fight together. We will win together. And we will seek justice together, he added. This followed a March rally in uh, which he billed his 2024 campaign and potential second term as a vessel of retribution for supporters who believe they have been wronged. And that is absolutely true. Um, this is actually a pretty long article. Kind of weird that CNN is talking that much about Trump. But um, that's pretty much going to do it for that. I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't really say anywhere if to, you know, what his shit's going to be, but I I firmly believe that he's going to turn the fucking government on its head, and that's what needs to happen. But that'll do it for that. All right, if this is your um first time watching or listening to the show and you liked it, fucking leave us a comment. Hit that like button. Hit that um, subscribe or follow button. And while you're doing that, you can follow us on Instagram at, and, well, actually, Instagram, check, uh, X and threads at checkers underscore and underscore MJ. We are truth at the realist. Oh, the underscore realist underscore uncensored. And we are on rumble at the realist uncensored. That is one word. Um, email, you can email us at the realist uncensored at gmail.com. That could be for show ideas. That could be for unwraps. That could be for articles. Um, it could be like some of our Canadian listeners that, said, hey, could you talk about some more Canadian articles? Yep. Well, if you're fucking listening and you want to hear something, or you are, and basically that's our opinion on those articles, fucking reach out to us. We'll talk about them. Um, episodes will be dropping weekly on Wednesday and Friday, so be on the lookout for those. And I don't know, maybe we'll see a message Monday. I don't fucking know. Maybe one day. Okay. <laughs> All right. Enjoy, well, I guess, and try to try to enjoy your weekend with the freedoms you have because they are slowly going to be starting to take away because of this COVID lockdown shit that possibly could be, could be coming if you don't say no. And 
Get your head out of your ass. We're in World War III, you fucking retards.